Welcome to the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode 171. On this episode, we play a little Halloween trivia and we break down the new foundation El Wawensei five-year anniversary, highly anticipated. So without further ado, let's get into it. Yeah, we've grown for sure. Like, I look taller in this video. You know how much taller I look? You look insanely tall. It's like I've grown from the last episode. You know what's weird is that you shoot typically from under to up, and then I do the opposite. It's because I have a weak chin, so I want my chin to look bigger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say this is an extension of last week's episode, but it's kind of still Halloween themed. Um, since there's, you know, there's things that are going on in both of our lives that I, I personally don't care to talk about. Um, only because I'll just get pissed off specifically around mine, you know? Yeah. Um, yours is, I would say better things that are happening. Yeah. Mine are uh, frustrating things that are happening. I did so. have a nightmare last night. Did you? Oh, dude, Lauren had a night terror a few nights ago. It was crazy. I don't want to tell the story because I think she thinks it's embarrassing, but it was it was wild because she talks in her sleep. So She pee-pee? She pee-pee for herself? Mm-mm. Nope. There's nothing worse than having a dream where you shit all over yourself and there's like no place to clean it up and you're like, where do I go? Oh, yeah. I've yeah. had that before. Um, yeah, man, I just had these weird, t- like, weird nightmares. And they're never nightmares that, like, wake me up to the point where, like, I'm hyperventilating or crying or anything. I literally wake up and was like, <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I've, I've had some weird, I've had some weird dreams, in, you know, in the past. Um, it makes me wonder, like, why do people have nightmares, you think? Like, what? Yeah. Some deep down fear of something? What, like, why do we have nightmares? Yeah, I don't know. Did I just disappear on the video? Because I feel like oh, I did for a yes, second. Yes, now you're back. Am I back now? It could have been a ghost. Think about it. Oh, that'd be crazy. If a ghost just, like, took over your electronics for a second? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, Jesus, I'm changing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there I go again. There's the ghost of me going away. Ooh. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm just like, I'm uh, changing Trying some service. settings because it's the video is obviously really choppy and I don't like it and it's making me very upset. Um, but yeah, dude, I haven't had any nightmares recently, but tis the season. So I feel like one's coming, but um, yeah. I don't know if it actually will. I kind of hope it does because I don't really mind them. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, they're just, it's like, what triggers them? Like, Mm. is it some unprofound, like, fear of something? Is it your subconscious trying to bring to reality things you try to ignore during the day? I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how all that stuff works. Like, I don't understand the psychology behind it. I would love to learn how to do lucid dreaming, though, where you know you're asleep and then can control the outcome of your dream. 
because I've had way too many fantasies where it's like the whole dream is about me almost about to score. <laughs> and then as soon as I'm about to score, I wake up. And it's like I spent my entire dream state. What do you mean by score? Like sex, bro. Oh. They mean like, ah, I'm a running back. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many dreams where I'm like a running back. <laughs> well, I didn't know what you meant by score. You didn't provide any context to it. That's true. Score is a very 90s thing to say. It's like, hey, did you score with her? Did you score with Tabitha, man? <laughs> it's like, man, I respect her too much to say anything to you guys. Well, where were your friends, man? I don't care. I respect her as a woman. Dude, we're like 15. Get off it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, my God. This video is atrocious, isn't it? God, I'm having a hard time just like even just looking at it. It's driving me just, nuts. Just play the part where you're like, it's like a, it's like a Tim Burton fucking like claymation stop animation film. <laughs> weirdly enough your videos seem to be working oh there it goes <laughs> oh yeah get it girl i'm like that, that was I'm, your dance i'm unintentionally doing the robot and it's working <laughs> <laughs> there's like Ooh. no fluid motion no it's kind of trippy i like it, it is a little weird yeah i don't know if i like it I mean, I don't, I don't like it because but I don't like the like little bit of latency. But a, a, a nightmare where you um, a nightmare, nightmare, um, where you realize all your teeth are like super loose, and you know, oh, you, yeah. you know, you need to eat or do something, so you're trying not to touch your teeth, but then you accidentally touch it and then like one falls out and then you're like oh fuck oh yeah there's so there's there is like some sort of suggested science um or psychology around dreams where your teeth are falling out because i've had it i've had it happen plenty of times and it's crazy have have you ever had another dream where you're like laying there naked and your penis head starts blossoming like a flower and just like ripping open not like a Venus flytrap? Like, what do you mean? Like a flower. Like a flower goes, like a flower blooms. Yeah. Like the head is the bulb. And yeah, then it just all of a sudden splits into like petals of flesh. Never had, never a, dick, had, that? Never had a dick bloom. Hmm. Nope. Sure shit haven't. Not that I, I'd be I, opposed to one, but I've never had one. I had a fantasy once where uh, it was like here where my mom's house is, our mom's house. And uh, there was a girl that lived down the street. In fact, I'm like pointing at the house if I can remember my dream correctly. But she was gorgeous. And I remember meeting her and she wouldn't make eye contact with me. And I had no idea why. And then I found out when I was like going on a date with her that she was legally blind. Like she couldn't see anything. And then I was and then I became like so protective of her that like when people would make fun of her, like stop fucking making fun of her. Yeah. Amazing! Stop it. And it was—it was just like, what was weird was—is I loved her so much in my dream that when I woke up, I started looking up pretty blind women. It's like maybe I'll be able to find her in a photo <laughs> on social media or something, and be like, "Oh my god, that's my girl of my dreams—that blind one right there." Yeah, give me the blind one. 
<laughs> it was so weird because sometimes I just try to relate like what I see in my dream to something physical in the real world. Yeah, of like course. can I like find it, you know, or can, can that happen? And so like, yeah, I was like infatuated for like I want to say three days. Probably give it three solid days where I wanted to really date a blind woman. You know, there's something too. It's almost like. Um... Like I remember that episode of Seinfeld where he's like dating like a what I would, I would say is a partially deaf woman. She's not like fully deaf. Yeah. Kind of. I think it would be something like that. Yeah. I wonder what would be more challenging: not being able to see or not being able to hear. Hmm. Not being able to see. I think so too. Now. And f- and, and and this is in favor to me. But if I found a dropout gorgeous blind chick as long as i talk a good game i could be the ugliest motherfucker ever <laughs> you know yeah that's and i know true. so i know some of you out there listening to this episode already it's like god damn chris that's super shallow but let's be real all attraction starts from the visual you can't deny that you are going to go on a date with someone and completely ignore how you how you are physically attracted to them that, not gonna happen yeah we've said this before that that first initial attraction is always a physical one you don't know anything yeah. about the person before that you hope right. that the personality matches the aesthetic right. but you don't know right like, yeah that's like the whole idea of like people saying like why don't you like me for what's inside it's like dude i liked you for your outside before i liked you for your inside yeah so what i'm it's telling like a- you is don't gain 25 pounds it's like, I liked you for what was on the outside. Then I liked you for what was on the inside. And then I really liked you from being inside. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> um, hey, you want to play a game? Sure. You want to do some Halloween trivia? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, let's do some Halloween trivia. Why my video continues to not be with my audio. That's I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to try something real quick. Hold on. Like a Tim Burton film, I like it. It's weird. I don't think I like it. Whoa. Well, you your latency is great now, though. Now you're like a ghost. It kind of makes sense now for these spooky trivia questions. <laughs> oh, whoa! Look how white my face is. Hold on. Yeah. Can I just say that I, this may be a morbid topic, but maybe it falls in line with Halloween. That. I don't like death. In fact, it makes me very, very uncomfortable. And I think a lot of people say, but you're like, but I fucking respect the hell out of it. <laughs> I fucking respect death, bro. Um, but no, like I, I don't like the idea of traditionalism types of approaches to like death and like, uh, like funerals and stuff. Yeah. Of that course. If I was going to die. I would want to do something fucking fun. I don't even want to do something fun. Uh, upon death. Yeah. Oh, for like, sure. Like afterwards, like instead of a funeral, it's something else. Like I've always imagined, I've told you these ideas before, but they're, they're, they would they would be so much fucking fun to just like have the last joke yeah. as like yeah. my death, like my dying wish. <laughs> like imagine like my tombstone is a complete farce of how I died. And it's like the most crazy goddamn story. That, like, if anybody was, dope. like, wandering yeah. by my tombstone, they'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I kind of like that. He was, he was devoured by a whale and lived inside of it for <laughs> three years before passing. 
I think like, you should do a. I think you should do a fake death. You should have people go through an entire funeral procession, like from beginning to end, dude. even with the viewing, and then just pop up right at the end. Just be like, I'm still here. The other, the other one I wanted to do is on my tombstone. It's just literally a Mad Lib. That would be sweet. I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, it's which I love. I personally love that idea. I think that would be so fucking cool. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome because then people could play a game while they're mourning your right. death. It's just my story, but you fill in all the details. <laughs> I dare, I dare you to do it. I think it'd be awesome. You know, I've I've wondered this before, like whether or not as you and I get older, if our sense of humor is going to go away. Because like one of the things that I always say, like I tell Lauren, I see people like if we're out at the grocery store, wherever we're at, and just in public in general, I'm like, God, please don't let me be like that guy. You know, it's like that guy's soul looks empty. And was that guy once a really funny, like jovial, hilarious person that did some really crazy shit? Could have been. And all of a sudden he's desensitized. Or I want to yeah, he's and he's and like all of what was great about him has been sucked from his soul. Like, you know what I'm talking about? You see those people all the time. And you just like wonder, I'm just like, am I gonna be that when I'm that person's age? Like when I'm 50, 60 years old, am I gonna still be like I am now? Or am I gonna be that person that's just had everything ripped from their being? And I, I'd like to think just based upon how I've continued to be from my 20s to my 30s that I'll still be that person actively, but I don't know if I will. If I ever become that, I'm immediately going to get a bull cut and I'm basically going to play the character Pat from SNL and just have these weird faux pas and like <laughs> satirical, yeah. like Debbie Downer type shit, right? Right. Where it's like, that's official. I can't have children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know man it's it's weird like i hope i don't ever turn out to be like that um i hope there's nothing in my life that that like because i think a part of it is like the significance and what happens in people's lives like having kids you know what i mean like it may change that dynamic right i've, I've got to be more serious i have to have this attitude i think part of it is just a removal from childhood as a whole right taking on adult grown-up responsibilities but even with that like i found myself not I've kind of found myself having like adding the responsibility piece of it and I'm I'm having to maintain a certain level of like appropriate adulthood but there's like shit that I still say and do and like even Lauren's like what the fuck is wrong with you like on Instagram for example I put out a story and it, I was just really zoomed in on Quincy's butthole and then I just zoomed out and it was just his asshole <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, what the fuck's wrong with you? It's like that kind of stuff I want to keep doing. Like, I don't want to lose that. That stuff to me is like fucking hilarious. What's, what I love is like I joke a lot, but sometimes I feel more giddy and happy inside when no one laughs at my joke. Because yeah. that, means, that means like to me it's so funny not to get the laugh. I, I find it more funny that I don't get the laugh. Yeah. Uh, that would make you a, a horrific comedian, by the way. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. All right, let's get into these questions. Okay, go for it. Um, I, the first one's kind of cool because it's it's relevant, and I and I don't think you're gonna get it. But if you did, that would be totally dope. First question: Where is the world's longest haunted house? Hell. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> But no. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Auschwitz. No, but that would be the craziest one, I feel like. If they yeah. open that to the public and like created a haunted house. Yeah. It is actually the haunted cave in Lewisburg, Ohio. Remember, we used to live close to oh, Lewisburg. Oh, yeah. yeah. We wanted to go there. It's uh, 3,564 feet long and 80 feet underground. Yeah, that I, thought that, I thought that was a cool one because it's like we used to live really close to Lewisburg when we lived mm-hmm. in Brookville. It's like right down the fucking street, essentially. I feel like we got to go there. I know. That would be cool. I don't know if it's like a decent one or not, but I mean, it's a cave, so that's pretty dope. Like, how could it be yeah. bad? I feel like it can't be bad. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one. What was the original candy corn called? Uh, oh, candy corn called. Um, the failed American popsicle. (laughs) It was chicken feed. Chicken feed? I kind of like that better than candy corn. It doesn't do look that. like corn. And it's no, it barely doesn't. fucking candy. It shit's it looks, gross. It looks, it looks like a like patriotic popsicle that like a Smurf would eat. Yeah, they're fuck they're they're atrocious. Like these little like people who like candy corn, like add them to my list of people who need to disappear from the earth. Oh, they're so sugary, man. It's just a, that's all it is. Was it like, like cornstarch and sugar? Sugar? Like I think yeah. that's all it is. So grainy. There's so much sugar in it. Yeah, shit's disgusting. All right, what famous magician died on Halloween? This should be kind of easy to get. There's only so many famous magicians, and when I say magician, I don't mean like dad when he tries to say musician. Yeah. yeah, a literal magician. Yeah, uh, magician. I mean, I'm going to go with one that seems to fit the mark because I know he died. Houdini? It is Houdini. You got it correct. Good job. All right. Let's see. Where You're not going to get this one, but I, I, I kind of like the question. Where was the first citywide Halloween celebration in the United States? Citywide celebration in the United States. What state? I'll give you what state, and less specifically the city. Okay, what state? Yep. Um, Maine. Oh, nope. It starts with an M, though. Massachusetts. Mm, no. Maryland. Mm, no. Missouri. No. Oh, Mississippi. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you've I'm named gonna, every single m state like with the exception of one or did I, yeah did i say montana nope you've now named every single m state and you still haven't got it correct <laughs> no, no 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 i guess there's two more i'm trying to think in my head i think there's two more m states uh, um uh, <laughs> 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 uh um, you know that one, you know that one state that the most obvious that? one that you haven't picked yet is like it's Michigan. So, yeah, it's not Michigan either. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> I thought that would be like the first one you'd pick just because it's right above us. I was I, my first answer was going to be Detroit. <laughs> I mean, Detroit's like Halloween all year long. I know. Um, remember when we saw that guy, were you, Oh, you weren't with us on that trip. Were you? No, you weren't. 
there was a guy that we saw on the riverbank, uh, the Detroit River, and he was just, he was wearing like a full like full shoulder pads and a jersey, but he only had underwear on for his bottoms, <laughs> just walking down the street. Get a Detroit Lions jersey on with shoulder pads, but only had underwear on, and he's just walking down the street. We're like, oh what the God. fuck? So it is kind of like Halloween all year long there. Uh, Minnesota, Chris. The state is Minnesota. I think you may be able to get this next one. What is the most commercially successful horror movie of all time? Ooh, most successful? Mm-hmm. Halloween? No, it is not Halloween. Uh, Friday the 13th. Mm-mm. Most successful? Mm-hmm. If it's Scream, I'm going to punch you. It's not Scream. But you're going to punch me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I'll fucking punch you back. <laughs> Um, most successful Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. So you said series. Uh, just no. Um, I'll I'll put it this way: there, it's two parts. It's two parts. Mm-hmm. It's considered chapter one, chapter two. Wait, it? It is it. That is correct. Really? That is correct. It actually makes sense if you think about it, though. And, I, and, and honestly, I don't know if they're talking about the made-for-TV one or the re-release because they were both massive. They were massive. Both of them were massive. Yeah. I would have to say the re-release. I the original. You well, think I so? I like the original. Because think about how many times it was played on TV. Yeah, and what, and what, are, we, what are we saying as successful? How much money it generated or how many views it had? It doesn't uh, discern between the two. Oh, gotcha. Um, where did the real Ichabod Crane live? Obviously, Ichabod Crane from Sleepy, the movie Sleepy Hollow. Ichabod Crane. Uh, wasn't it New York? It was technically New York, but what city in New York? Um, uh, Albany. No, it's not Albany. New York, New York. <laughs> it is something island. Staten Island. Staten Island. There you go. Now, unlike the movie question, which answered was it, which was commercially successful movie. Chris, what is the most commercially successful horror franchise of all time? And I will preface that it's less horror, even though it's categorized as this in there, but more um, kind of fantasy. Well, I don't want to say fantasy. Um, how what do you categorize? More sci-fi. More sci-fi. And I'll put it this way. It did not originate in the United States. Ooh. Horror franchise. I feel like if you think, if you personally think about this one enough, you'll, you'll get it. Horror franchise of all time. Teletubbies. I mean, that would... Teletubbies has given me fucking nightmares, dude. Those little fuckers. I'm pretty sure they're not American. They're definitely not. I don't know what they are. Are they aliens? I think they're French. (laughs) Honestly, I think they're French. (laughs) (laughs) If Uh, I had to take a guess. Biggest horror franchise. Mm -hmm. Commercial horror franchise. Mm -hmm. Not created in the U.S. I'll, I'll give you another hint. It is Asian. Originally. Ringu. No, I don't. Is Ring? It, is it the cousin of Ringworm? 
Does it ring? No. Uh, remember, remember, take my hint in the in the fact that it's technically more sci-fi. Oh, okay. And less horror. Would you like another hint? Yes, please. Um, it it involves mutation. Ooh. <laughs> and if you say the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'm gonna I'm gonna smack you through the Zoom call. I literally thought about it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has mutation. Yeah. I've given you too uh, many hints, and I cannot believe you haven't gotten this. It is Godzilla. Godzilla? Yes. It is Man, Godzilla. My son would kill me for that one. Um, another question. What item is banned in California on Halloween? Some of these are really tough. What item? Yep. Candy. I mean, that's something fucking California would do. That'd be some shit California <laughs> would pull. No doubt. I don't, I don't think they're doing Halloween this year. They um, definitely aren't. Uh, what item is banned on Halloween? Um, I'll put it this way. It's pretty silly. Costumes. <laughs> no. I gave you the best hint of all time. It's pretty silly. Silly string. There you go. Um, let's do uh, let's do one last question because we do have to get into a um, we do have to get into a uh, review. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. What is the most popular Halloween candy in America? Most popular candy. Ooh, Skittles. It is Skittles. That is correct. Look at you. You got two. I did it. I mean, some of these are really hard. So it's, I mean, honestly, to get, just to get one or two is, I think, a, a feat in and of itself. But that's pretty good. Um, all right. That's enough with the Halloween trivia. Let's get into this cigar review, shall we? Um, sure. I will say this is personally one that I was very, very, very excited about for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is because in this particular brand, I would coin myself as being a hardcore dick writer. Um, a how would I say it, Chris? Um, somebody who has been on board with this brand honestly since inception, really. If you think yeah. about it, back to the days of old, um, when uh, we smoked the original Tabernacle. Um, so the brand of course being foundation and the cigar being what, Chris, what are we smoking today? Since you've, um, definitely worked on the pronunciation. Oh yes. It is the, uh, gooey, gooey say right by uh, foundation. Actually, hold on. Let me make sure I'm saying it right. Wait, Wait what did, did you hear that? Yeah, I could hear it. Wait, Wednesday. Wait, Gwen say? What did Gwen? What did Gwen say? <laughs> what What did Gwen say? Wait, Gwen say? Um, I think that's broken. It sounds broken. 
I think it's the Wehwense. The Wehwense. Wehwense. Could you imagine being foreign and having to say that word? Oh, God. Like, you know, being American, it's it's a struggle. But could you imagine, like, having to say that as if, like, someone who's foreign? Like, it's from yeah. your country and you just have to say Wehwense. Yeah. When every and- single letter in the word phonetically doesn't make sense. And to, and to put it in a little bit more clarity for you people, the way of win, say, is the wise man, but we had this special little five-year anniversary of the mm-hmm. wise man. Yep, and it was just, it was actually just announced back in August. So as far as I can tell, um, we would be one of the more major platforms to even review the cigar. I haven't seen anything out of the marketplace yet. And I'll put it this way. I just took a picture of it last night while I was smoking it. And I had so many fucking people message me going, oh my God, how is it? Like, it was like one after another. I couldn't keep up. I was like, holy shit. Is like, it, did this garner that much attention? Is it already overly popular and hyped and it's not even really out in the marketplace yet it is i mean they just started shipping but um in terms of feedback to the collective community there's literally none um i think we kind of know what maybe we should expect based upon the original but there are obviously a lot of differences and of course vitola being vastly different from what was created in the original uh el wewense so So you guys will find out very shortly what a way say. Wait, wait. About yeah, what, what we say. What we say about it. What we say about the we we say. <laughs> um All right, let's get into this. Unless you have a backstory on it, which I don't believe you do. How do you create a backstory? From a word that sounds like a drunk person trying to speak to you at a bar. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly you know, what it is. Again, there's nothing like, phonetic about that word at all. If you actually look at the way it's spelled, it, it makes no sense. Like, there, like, it literally has no sense. It looks like, like, like gu- yeah, it looks like gooey, gooey snay. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and the only person I could think saying this word, if I could put a personality to this weird word, yeah, it's yeah. the character in Joe Dirt where it's like, want to say Elmo naked. And he's yeah. like, well, you want to see homos naked? No, 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 no. Homie, where you make it? He's yeah. like, yeah, that's cool, man. You like to see homos naked. Okay. <laughs> that's what it, that's the character I see saying this word. And you're at a bar and you're like, yeah. what the fuck are you saying? That is, that is, um, that is pretty accurate. That's exactly <laughs> the type of person I think would try to, to, to try to actually say this word. It'd be yeah. that kind of person. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, how could you create a backstory about something so silly? A word so silly as what would say. No, it's impossible. Um, so this is the five-year anniversario. Uh, I will say just as like a background, the original um, L we mean see. Um, <laughs> the original is like super fucking popular, like highly regarded. I love that cigar. It's weird because I love the wise man Maduro. But I like the the original El Vivense as well, which of course is garners a blue label versus the Wise Man Maduro, which is a Maduro it has kind of a uh, a scarlet color on the label. But I think both of them are so dynamically different, but they're both really good. So it's like 
I used to smoke these almost interchangeably. Like if I went to the cigar lounge, it's like I'd smoke one and the next time I'd smoke the other. Um, both incredible cigars. So of course the differences being on this one, um, there is some, uh, some of the innards have changed as a result. And of course, again, one of the main differences being the Vitola. So this cigar does have a Nicaraguan wrapper, Mexican San Andreas binder. So I actually like Mexican San, San Andreas as a binder. And sure. it is a combination of uh, Nicaraguan fillers from two different regions. This is a Perfecto four and three quarters by 60. So it's a short chubber. Yes, it is. It's a, I mean, it, this, is a, like, this is a chub dong. It literally looks like... A very hearty turd that you pinched off at the end in the toilet. It does. It's just a thick. It's just a thick turd. It's just like a if you thicky. spent the night before just eating cheese and bread, yeah. and some meat, yeah. And in the morning when you're like trying to force it out, like, and, but you're trying to prevent giving yourself a hemorrhoid, um, it literally looks like a pinched off turd. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's one of those ones that. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt. It's, it's almost like that good pain when it comes out. It, that's oh, what yeah. it's gonna do. It's gonna be that good pain. Yeah, that's um, true. I think another thing that is very striking about this cigar, unlike its uh, older siblings, predecessor. Is, yeah, it's predecessors. It's fifteen dollars. It's a fifteen dollars cigar. Four and three quarters by sixties. Fifteen fucking dollars. That means for every It's like double the price of the others. That means for every inch it's it's like it's it's like three or four bucks. <laughs> Dude, it's yeah, it's fucking expensive. For every inch. I mean, I'm not even gonna say anything other than that. It's just expensive. You know, fifteen dollars for a cigar like this, you just better be fucking good. And speaking of, let's figure out whether or not this thing was actually really good. Sure. Um, Chris, what did you think about the construction of this short little pudgy donger? Well, you'll notice, folks, that this does look like a pinched-off turd, a milk chocolate turd. It's uh, got a nice kind of light brown color to it. Uh, I think that's indicative of that Nicaraguan wrapper. Now, there, there's some talks. I've seen mixed uh, uh, breakdowns of this cigar, but there was one person in particular, one group, that said it was a Corojo 99 wrapper. So uh, I don't necessarily know if that is indicative of the color, but I just thought that was interesting. It is kind of chocolatey, mild vintage. Um, it has a slight sheen to it. It's it's smooth in nature. Um, and mine, I don't know about yours, but back to the whole point of like having a thick, dense crap in the morning. This was a <laughs> this was a stiff turd. Like this thing was packed full of like tobacco fillers. It did have some squishiness to it uh, in places, but all in all, it was super dense, like super dense, especially at the cap and especially at the foot, which usually as much as I love the presentation of a very odd Vitola and shape of a cigar, um, when you're dealing with like pinched ends, like in a Perfecto or Figurado, um, or even like a bullet, you know, uh, it's... You usually have some overbunching at the ends, which can make for a crazy draw, at, you know, at times, like too tight. Uh, so that was that was like the first thing I, I, I was like, I have to check for this. You know, if we're dealing with these shapes, Corey, we got to check for this draw when we're dealing with these crazy Vitolas, you know. Yep. So I made a mental note. It's like, we got to make sure how good this sucker draws. But yeah. all in all, it was a very, very beautiful cigar. Very beautiful. 
I love the label. I don't know what it is about foundation cigars. There's a certain amount of classy and eclecticness. Yeah. Um, they, they're definitely more artistic than most. But it sports very bright colors, which pop on those very neutral, warm tobacco colors that you, we see, you know. All in all, great construction. Loved it. Yeah. I agree. I thought the construction was fucking awesome. Uh, just an appearance perspective. You're just holding in your hands, and you're just kind of looking over the cigar. It's beautifully constructed. I actually really like... Just because, you know, uh, Nick Melillo, obviously owner of uh, Foundation Cigars, call him like the king of broadleaf, right? And, yeah. okay, that's like that's like a cool way to describe Nick because he's obviously used Connecticut broadleaf in their headquarters in Connecticut over a long period of time. But what I liked about this cigar is that it's not Connecticut broadleaf. And I actually like the fact that like, hey, this is not this really dark, toothy wrapper. Super silky smooth. And it was very oily. It's not indicative of a lot of stuff that um, uh, uh, I would say Foundation Cigars has done early on. I really just like the way that even from a construction perspective, even with the Vitola, is just so different than anything that they've done in the past. It really kind of separates itself in terms of those things. Um, the only thing that was a challenge for me is just band removal. Just tore off a piece of the fucking wrapper with it, which is really annoying because what that is is it's essentially, it's really lazy band placement. The oils obviously adhered to the wrapper um, from the band. And as soon as you go to peel that off, you have no choice. You're tearing the wrapper. It's just, it's going to happen no matter what you do. So uh, wrapper tear, which I fucking hate. That's just a lazy thing in, in terms of um, production. And it drives me nuts because it's, it's um, as long as you pay attention to what you're doing and you do it uh, in the correct manner, it's something that should never happen with a cigar. And it's just, it, to me, is kind of a rush process. But um, that, was the, that was the only thing. I'd say other than that, the cigar just looked amazing. That Vitola is fucking awesome. And if your binder is also not well-constructed and you have any tear on the wrapper... This is this doesn't happen very often. I'm just giving you kind of like a small little side story. Like binders tend to be also very delicate when they're used in a cigar because they have to be pliable and they wrap it around the fillers. Um, that sometimes when you do rip into a wrapper, you also can still kind of rip into the the binder. And the last thing you want to do is have a puncture even in your binder. Because now you aren't getting the proper suction and vacuum out of it on a draw. And you'll see smoke come out of parts of the cigar that Yeah, are we've not, seen that before, right? Yeah. Yeah, that are not at, at that cap and not even at the foot. They're like coming out the side somewhere. You're like, son of a bitch. And yeah. you get real you get like a really overly airy cigar and you can't really pull any good smoke production. Yeah, it's like your- having a leak in a water hose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pre- the pressure, uh, the the pressure depreciates at the head of the hose because obviously you've got a hole in another part, which is yeah. um, causing that uh, a, a different pressure flow. So yeah, same thing with the cigar. So uh, thank you, Chris, for the uh, the one on one breakdown. Corey, you are welcome. Um, what did you think about the burn overall? All right, people. I told you to bookmark it. I said, hey, we're dealing with this crazy vitola, right? We got this perfecto pinched at both ends, big stouty turd, right? How good is this thing going to, how, how well can you suck on this turd? Well, most amazingly for mine. Now I took a good snippet off. And when I, and when I mean a good snippet, when you're dealing with a very tight pinched uh, cap on a figurado or perfecto, there's actually quite a lot of room for you to trim off the cap. 
because the caps are much longer than they are shorter on traditional like sizes of cylinder sizes. So the caps tend to be a lot longer. So I really took a good amount off of it, leaving probably, I want to say, I don't know, around a half inch, maybe a little bit more than a half inch of like cap exposed, you know, from the cut. But I will say this from the get go, even with a tight foot, mine was so airy and it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Um, I smoked it around Corey yesterday when I got him and, uh, it wasn't overly airy, but damn, it just had just the right amount of resistance, but it was like, imagine a straw, right? A narrow straw creates a lot of suction. I feel like we were big gulping it, brother. Like we had one of those fucking like smoothie straws. That's what it was like, (laughs) you know, like a big ass fucking milkshake straw, right? So where I was expecting some real tight resistance, like trying to suck a strawberry through your milkshake straw, uh, we had a big old straw, enough to get that strawberry through that straw. You know what I'm saying? So um, mine was very airy. Uh, Thankfully, too, with it being a uh, Nicaraguan wrapper, it burned really evenly. Um, And I never once had any type of outage or concern. And I think it was probably because it just... You got a real thick, you got a real thick cigar, you know, like it's a 60 ring gauge and there's a lot of tobacco burning on a 60 ring gauge, you know? Um, and not once did I have to like chief on it heavily to keep it lit. I could actually enjoy myself and talk to Corey about all of his druthers with home buying and home selling (laughs) and still, still be able to like pick it up and get a really good draw and a really good smoke production with it being more airy than I thought thought it was going to be it did take a few puffs for me to get some good smoke production but it didn't really bother me too much because all in all i thought it was like it it had such a cool draw to it it just it pronounced so much flavors when it burned cool on that thicker ring gauge which we'll get into about flavors anyway but that said i thought the burn for me was flawless all the way to the end i mean i smoked that son of a bitch for as, as small as I could get it before I was burning fingers. Yeah. And I yeah. never had an issue. Yeah. For me, I, I, one of the things that I anticipated was this was going to be a challenging cigar to smoke because of the Vitola. It just more often than not things that are just strangely built like this, that aren't perfectly cylindrical or in like box press form tend to always have like run issues, right? Yeah. You've got everything kind of expanding off of a point. It's really easy for an uneven burn to exist. Um, different from you, I don't know if you notice this on yours, but there's one tiny little cap at the end and then there's the second cap and then there's the third cap sounding like you cut into the second cap. I just did the little tiny nipple cap at the end. (laughs) And part of that was, is I wanted to see how it actually drew just popping off that, uh, that single cap, right? Yeah. Um, and I was actually very surprised on how well it drew. So the draw overall was pretty adequate, and I think part of I think part of the reason it wasn't as airy or um, as um, free flowing as maybe some other cigars I've had here recently, I think it's partly just due to the fact that the cigar's so dense. It's not so much that I just kind of peeled back a really tiny, you know, small part of the cap, and and just from an airflow perspective, it was. Um, you know, I'm sucking it through a smaller straw, if you will. I just think the fillers are so goddamn fucking dense um, that it wasn't a bad draw. It was just adequate, right? It's just kind of yeah. what you would expect. It's very average. 
Um, the only issue I had with the burn is just an outage towards the end of the cigar. I say, other than that, honestly, shockingly surprised on how well it burned. That was one thing that I actually really enjoyed about this cigar was the burn overall, given the fact that I anticipated it was going to be kind of garbage, um, which I appreciate the fact that Foundation said, hey, we're going to do this five-year anniversary and we're going to do it in this fucking crazy perfecto, which is you know, a 60 ring gauge. I kind of like that. I kind of like, and I'm not saying it's a risk doing it, but certainly people who pay attention to some of those things as far as like ease of use of smoking a cigar and what kind of experience do you get derived from a burn? Um, There's a lot of people who I know that will just like, if it gives them too much trouble, they'll put it the fuck down. So I appreciate the fact that like, you know, despite one outage, it was actually really, again, shocked and surprised it burned as well as it did. So um, I would say plus side of the ledger in terms of burn. You know what? I think we've learned something today that we can impart some general wisdom. An old wise man once told me this, Corey. He said, do not judge a book by its cover. So what do you think this wise man meant? Well, don't, don't take it for what it is at surface level, right? Don't take it for surface level because you can be incredibly surprised once you get into it to have a different opinion so don't judge a book by its cover an old wise man told me that once right old wise men are great at being old and wise old and wise you know so what did you think about the flavor arguably the most important part that we break down there's a myth going around about this there's an urban legend going around about this cigar uh before i get into my flavored notes apparently these cigars were sitting in cedar boxes for six months before hitting shelves. Six months, I think. That's what I heard. Someone of someone who told me of someone that said that right. told me that these were sitting in cedar shelves and cases to rest before they hit shelves. Six months. So with that said, and I read that, I heard that, after I already wrote my notes on the flavor, because I like to, we like to go into this from an unbiased perspective more than often, more more often than not. In fact, I usually do my reviews. You know, backstory. I do a little. I do my reviews before I actually add the components or do the research on what's in it. Right. You don't want to be influenced by the information. I I'm with you. I want to be influenced by the information. So that said, here is the flavor notes that I wrote down for this cigar. I said it was woody, earthy, mild bitters, and just the touch of spice. To me, it was very balanced. But the more I smoked it, the more woodiness I got out of it. In fact, I wrote down, quote unquote, my words on my review sheet. I decided to retrohale this one. Maybe not smart, but I wanted to. I'm trying to be more verbose in my descriptions of my flavors that I get out of these cigars so that you guys have a good wide spectrum of things you might be able to experience. And the most predominant note I made about a retrohale is which you take into some puffage, right? And you blow it through your nose like you're blown into a tissue, right? Um, I said on the retrohale, I literally got nothing but woodiness. Yeah. And this cigar didn't change up too drastically for me. I will say it got a little bit more harsh towards the end. The bitterness 
the, the the harshness and even the woodiness really came out strong at the end, which I think was maybe a little overboard uh, than where the rest of the cigar was for me. But for like 90% of the cigar, it was just so strong and earthy and woody notes. Yeah. That I was like, damn, I, it's actually a pretty a pretty well-balanced cigar. I, there was just an, enough bitterness, enough of that earthiness, just a tinge of spice. And then, you know, like I said, I ended up looking up the components of it and reading that these things were sitting in cedar boxes or cedar cases for six months. I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense now. <laughs> yeah, it's like cedar infused. Yeah. So I loved the flavor. It's predominantly woody, in my opinion. Um, but I think it's it's very well balanced. Um, the nicotine wasn't too hard. I don't know. It was just... It was, to me, indicative of a really good foundation cigar. Hmm. Um, not for me. I'll just put it that way. Um, Do Woody. Review over. Uh, just kidding. Uh, no, I, I, thought, I, I thought it was just too heavy pepper up front. I know you said you kind of had this uh, slight you know, bit of spice. Dude, for me, it was overwhelming, like way overwhelming, really? which is something that like I appreciate that component in a cigar and, and certainly anticipated out of any foundation cigar, anything that's got um, Nicaraguan tobacco, depending on region. So I expect that. Um, but for me, it was overwhelming up front and something I didn't really appreciate because it offers no balance to me personally. Now, I will say this. I do agree with you. And from a flavor perspective, that earthiness I think kind of binds and adheres well to the spice that you get up front. So there is a there is a moment early on where the cigar begins to transition away from that harsh pepper that I got up front, which I personally don't like, um, but with a really nice balanced earthiness to the cigar, which I do like. I do agree with you that the cigar, I said it gets really woody halfway through, um, both on the retrohale and just smoking it in general terms. Um, which I also appreciate. I love the balance of that earthy woodiness. I mean, that's something that, and a characteristic in a cigar that I really appreciate. And I think those two things together offer up a sense of complexity and balance to a cigar that, um, for me, I, I can't get enough of. But there's just that fucking pepper that just never fucking leaves. There's a harshness to it, which I really don't like in this cigar. I mean, I don't, and by don't like, I mean, I think it, I think it, overwhelms other characteristics in the cigar that I think if left on their own would make the cigar incredible. But it's almost like the little nagging brother that's just always <laughs> fucking by your side that you can't get rid of. And you're just like desperately trying to get away from him as you're trying to finger bang your girlfriend and he yeah. just won't leave your side. That to hey, me, boy, what are you doing with your girlfriend in there, Corey? That's literally what the pepper was in this goddamn scenario in this particular cigar, which I thought was just not good. Um, to me, I agree with you in terms of the flavors are pretty static. This isn't a very dynamic cigar. There's not a lot of change ups. If they are, they're subtle. You know, from first third to half to to final third, they're really subtle transitions and really. The characteristics overall, I would say, is a, is a pretty basic flavor profile. Um, and one of the things that I really, as I got to the final third and, and maybe it's a Vitola thing for me because 
I don't really like 60 ring gauge cigars. I appreciate what they did in this Vitola from a construction perspective and how it related to the burn because I think it's challenging. I like the idea that it's a complete departure from um, previous versions. I don't think I've ever smoked anything. I don't think this Vitola has ever been released by unless it's like an event only special or whatever, it's been released as like a, a production item that goes out to the masses. I've never yeah. seen this Vitola before. So it's like, for me, I'm glad they took a chance on it. But I also think that the 60 ring gauge in terms of what you have from a filler perspective and those components, I just, I didn't, I just didn't get any sort of really good enjoyment out of it. Um, to me in the final third, the cigar actually got really boring and was void of anything really satisfying. Um, and I think some of that, that heavy pepper that I got up front, which I really didn't like, although balanced out nicely through, I would say the majority of the cigar, probably 75 to 80% of the cigar, it ended just the way that it began. And it's That's, like, yeah. and I'm just like, ugh. I was like, this is, and it just like caused me to just be like, ugh. And I just yeah, put my, it down. Yeah. My notes at the end where it just got more harsh. Yeah. I just, I just didn't, it, it didn't start strong. Didn't finish strong. Um, if this is a marathon runner, it didn't know how to fucking pace itself, hey. right? It just and we, and we and we ran some we ran some numbers, right? It's about three to four dollars per inch. Yeah, yeah. It, it just to me, like if I'm making just a general comparison uh, of this cigar and its Vitola in comparison to um, other things out there with, I would say, similar profiles. It's like it, it to me is like an okay cigar. If I'm comparing it to the rest of the foundation line, to me is like doesn't do it justice. Just doesn't. I, I would argue that the Charter Oak Maduro at like four fifty a piece is a better cigar than this one and seems to be more thought out. I, I think this cigar is for some people. I think people who really love robust flavor profile that 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 love a stoutness in a cigar, that love um, something that is, um, like medium heavy to heavy, like in terms of like strength, they're going to love this cigar no matter what. Like, I feel like this cigar is going to have its people who like think it's the best fucking thing made on earth. But I also think it's going to be polarizing. The fact there's going to be people like me too, that go, I don't get it. Like where, where's the, where's the awesomeness in this cigar that I anticipated or expected or have been accustomed to getting from foundation over a long period of time. Where did it go? And I, and I think I'm your perfect example to that audience, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. generally a very spice forward guy and I've had some real spicy shit. Will I say it's like the upper echelon of the spiciest cigars I've had or pepperiness? No, it's not. I mean, it's up there though. I would, I would even go as far to say, I feel like this is predominantly a very bold, heavy cigar. It is. It definitely is. There is a boldness to the cigar that is, it, it's, it's in your fucking face. It smacks you in the teeth. And I like that characteristic in a lot of cigars, but I just didn't think it was balanced well. I, it, it, to me, it lacked complexity. It lacked balance. It was very static in terms of the flavors. And I'll be honest with you, and this is something that we always talk about with cigars, is it comes in a $15 price point elevated beyond what I think it should definitely be elevated um, without even smoking the cigar or talking about what the experience is. I look at, you know, previous versions of this cigar and I go, okay, different Vitola, get it. Um, aged in boxes and there's an artistic, but which by the way, I'm just going to come out and say now, and I'll probably actually put this on our next time we do uh, what we hate about the cigar industry. I don't fucking care about the art on your boxes if it means I have to pay more for the fucking cigar. 
There are too many organizations that put too many fucking nice boxes out there that, of course, what you do artistically and, of course, the way that your fucking box is designed is a reason why you have to inflate the cost of your cigars. Don't fucking care. I don't care if you put that shit in goddamn plastic sleeves and ship them out. I don't care if you just wrap them up in fucking tissue paper. Don't care. But if you're fucking charging based upon a story and based upon, oh, this idea that, okay, we raffle away these boxes and you can have this thing and it's part of an artistic collection, don't give a flying fuck. Make a good cigar, sell it, leave the fucking rest of it behind. No one gives a shit. And for the people who do give a shit, they're just fucking bored and they have nothing going on in their life. Now, I will say this, and this will be maybe a little bit of an idea, Corey. He might have stumbled upon an opportunity. All right. What if? What if you could? Oops, I'm on a dirt bike. <laughs> nope. Was not someone on a dirt bike. It was a 75 year old man on a motorized bicycle. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, what if you could smoke the box too? Then I'd be in. Right? Yeah, I mean, what here's... What if the boxes were made out of tobacco? What if the boxes, if you threw them in, like, a, in a fire pit, just emitted, like, a sweet it. tobacco flavor? Yeah. Oh, dude. I don't know, man. I just think sometimes it's a little overboard, and you know for a fact, and I think this is probably an example of, and I think there's other cited examples of, as a consumer you are paying money for these boxes, which is annoying as shit. So um, to me, I'm just going to come out and say it, not worth the price paid. I give it a delta. Yeah, even for me, I'll just, I'll just be candid. Um, I like the cigar. Uh, I, like, I, I think I like it a lot. Um, but I will also agree, man, 15's a lot, man. It's a lot. And, and like... When, when you start, again, when, when, I, when I look at a cigar, I look at how good it is, I look at the price point, and then I compare that price point to other cigars in that bracket that I also really love. Right. And I can definitively say that there's a lot of cigars at a $15 price point that I could say are better cigars. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, some more so than others, obviously. It's just what your preference is. But I could think of a few cigars where I'm like, yeah, that $15 cigar is better than this one. Not to take away from how good I, uh, or how much I liked it. It's just, that's just kind of how I look at it. So when, then I have to also consider, okay, well, how good I thought it was. How does that compare to cigars in its quality of what I like, right? compared to what those other cigars might be in the industry that are all set at $10 price point. Right. 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 Then that's where it's like, how, where, where do I place it? Right. So I, I place this cigar being a cigar that I think with it being a limited release, very cool fucking Vitola. Um, I liked it a lot. I feel like it's a good 11 to $12 smoke max. Yeah. Max. Yeah. And because you're dealing with the, you, I know the tobacco could be amazing. Um, I know it can be maybe rare tobacco that's being used. I know there's from the, at least the breakdown, we don't know what type of fillers are being used, but when you look at the availability of, of like a Corojo 99 or even, you know, like the San Andreas binder, 
those aren't necessarily rare and exclusive tobaccos that are are indicative of a hike in price point on other cigars that I've seen. So the fact that they make their own cigars, you know, um, it just seems steep. It just does. Uh, I'd I'd keep it at eleven or twelve dollar price, but it's four and three quarters. It's almost five inches, close to robusto, big fatty. I get it, but. I just feel like it's 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 a few dollars over what it should be. For me, I think it's far beyond that. I think it's it's like double what it should be. I just didn't like the cigar. I didn't like the flavors. I love the way it was constructed. I I appreciate the way that it burned. The flavors were just not for me. I mean, it's like you're paying fifteen dollars for a fucking cigar. I could name so many cigars in that price range that just honestly outpaced the cigar to no end like it's I, I probably could name 20 to 30 i just thought this cigar to me was so substandard and and not definitely not indicative of usually what foundation is going to put out as a matter of fact it's just so far away and to me from a flavor perspective removed from what foundation usually does um i've not really ever had one of their cigars that i didn't really love that was just absolutely incredible you know some of the most highly rated cigars i think we've ever had on the podcast that we've ever broken down and this one just missed the mark for me so badly which really sucks because i fucking wanted to like it so much like i again i will just say it i've been a foundation dick writer for an extended period of time um, love the brand, love the story, love the cigars more importantly. Just not this one. Just not this one. And it happens, man. You know? It does. Y- you hate to see it, but it happens. It happens. It does. It does for sure. So from a recommendation perspective, Chris, what did you give for this cigar? Uh, great construction. Amazing construction. I love the draw. Had zero issues. I really like the flavor. Um. It's predominantly woody. It's a little overpriced. Not, not a little. It's kind of moderately overpriced. Um, that said, it's teetering to getting a lesser uh, rating from me or recommendation, but it still hit the highly recommended mark for me. Um, yeah, nope. Um, <laughs> I would say just given the fact that uh, the flavors for me were just not there, the, uh, again, lacked complexity, lacked balance, fairly static in terms of that smoking experience. By the way, the cigar smoked for a long time because it's 60 ring gauge. It was just getting a lot of what I didn't like. Um, I actually rated this probably one of the lower ratings I've given a cigar in quite some time. And uh, I'm going to say there's better options out there. Better options out there. Damn. Damn. Yep, which means we're going to have to calibrate on score and see what our average is because there is a giant disparity there. Can we, can we take a small recess and you text me what yours is? Uh, yeah. We'll figure this out on the show for you guys right now to um, figure it out. So I'm going to wait here and just shoot the breeze with you while Corey sends me his score. And uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll figure out where this baby lands. We'll figure out where. I think I know where it will land. Okay, it's definitively, you heard it from us, folks. It's a decent smoke to try. Um, it's a decent smoke to try, and I think the reason is is because, at least on this show, it's kind of polarizing, you know? Yeah, um, it is. It hits, it hits a mark for the diehards 
like myself who like predominantly spicy, very heavy cigars. Um, but for the general population, there, there, there's going to likely be a, a good portion of people are going to be like, that's too much for me, you know? And uh, an old wise man once told me, um, to each their own, Corey, to each their own, uh, do not judge as thy will be judged, right? I think that's a saying. Yeah. Um, but this is a cigar that I think it's going to be, it's going to be left to just, you, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that like it. There's going to be a lot of people that don't. Yeah. Please. Like anything, I know we're coming up on this next election. Don't put yourself in a tribalistic category where it's Democrats versus Republicans. Yeah. Just appreciate other people's opinions when they when some were gonna tell you for that, sure. I don't like this, and you're gonna be what well, is fucking good, man. How can you not fucking like it? No, 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 no. Appreciate one's opinions. You know, take it for what it is. If you love it, that's all that matters. If you don't love it, don't try to convince someone it isn't yeah, good. I would agree you know? with that. So I think this is a very polarizing cigar, um, even between us two. Uh, very polarizing. So I would say if you have an affinity for these types of cigars, these very bold, heavy cigars with a good amount of spice to it, um, you'll like it. Yeah. If that isn't your jam. You ain't going to like it. Caution. I will say caution yourself. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people and it's, you know, I didn't, I didn't give too much, but the people who messaged me are like, oh my God, how is this cigar? I was like, well, it's going to be on the show. So I'm not going to tell you so you can find out there, but I'll just say it's not what I expected. <laughs> so, um, I didn't say they're really good or bad. Um, there's a few people that I did, but, uh, for the most part, I was just like, yeah. Very yeah. non-committal in terms of giving too much information, but yeah, that happens. It yeah, happens. there it is. There it is. Um, you know, cool company, cool Vitola. Terrible price point. Not a great cigar. <laughs> you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Decent um, smoke to try. Yeah, decent smoke to try overall based on averages. Um, let's wrap this up, shall we? Sure. Both of us have shit to do, so. Um, I will put it this way. Uh, you can visit our show sponsor, www.mycigarpack. That's obviously mycigarpack.com. Um, they have a new referral program out, an affiliate program. I think it's called an affiliate program, not a referral program. Um, that is actually because a few people actually messaged me last week and they're saying, Hey, your, uh, your promo code doesn't work anymore. And I forgot Alex told me that, uh, they're doing just the affiliate program. Now there is no promo code. So we have to like re-record an advertisement. Um, so the affiliate program is live. They're also doing the factory direct cigars as well. So there's a Halloween themed one for this month. Um, so you can check that out. www.mycigarpack.com. You can check out reviews, news, and more on our website, which is www.hotticketweekly.com. Yeah. And check out our YouTube page where you'll see some really latent and choppy video. At least for this episode, at least in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know. I need to, I need to get that figured out. I think part of it's like I have this USB hub that's like in, in between. So um, maybe try to make better streamlined direct connections, or it's probably part of the utility too, since it's in beta version. We'll see. And if, and if you want to annoy Corey about it, let me give you a little, uh, uh, a little bit of a carrot on a stick. 
we're doing some cool shit coming up in December. So I encourage you to annoy Corey from now until the month of December. Like, what are you guys doing? What's going on? What are you guys doing? Or what are you doing? What is it something cool? Can I get it? What is it? Then I I encourage you to annoy him until he blocks you. Yeah, uh, no, I'll just I'll just ignore. Just ignore. (laughs) Dude, as many messages as I get in a day, like I can't. There's somewhere I just like I can't fucking answer all of you. Yeah. And please um make sure to uh review and rate our show. Maybe leave a nice little comment about how our show changed your lives. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've saved a lot of lives. Don't you feel like yeah. a kind of a humanitarian? I, I think there's more, I think it's balanced. I think a lot of lives have been lost, but I also <laughs> think a lot have been saved as a result of this show. I think it's probably pretty even. I feel like we've touched some people. I feel, I feel like we're humanitarians now mm. where, you know, we're like the Pope, but there's like two Popes. Yeah. You're, you're, you're like the German Pope and I'm the Polish one. Oh, I don't know what that means, but I it's I sound more aggressive. Well, it's just it's just to show the disparity between two cultures, mm. uh, mainly 1940 something, where right. you persecuted me, and uh, well, I don't think the popes did, but yeah, as a, as a country. But now we're friends, you know. Right now we're buddies. Yeah, still don't think, still think there's some bad blood there. <laughs> Who knows though? Who really knows? Um, all right let's wrap it up this will conclude episode 171 we'll be back at you next week with episode 172 see everyone bye Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Let me tell you how you can get a hold of us. You can get a hold of myself at the Hot Ticket Pod on Instagram. You can get a hold of Chris at Hot Ticket Chris on Instagram as well. You can find this podcast. It is available all over the place. You can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. And you can find the podcast available on video on YouTube. Look up the Hot Ticket Weekly on YouTube and you can watch all the fun happen before your eyes. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode and as always, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes if you could and check out our show sponsor My Cigar Pack at www.mycigarpack.com Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week.